Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. There is a word this morning for us. I want you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 25 through 31. I want to ask you to read the entire chapter as you have opportunity. We'll preach from its larger context, but we're going to focus on these verses, these uh, seven verses in front of us. Isaiah 40, verses 25 through 31. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens who created all these. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Amen. There is a a very definite and obvious shift in themes, in moods, in chapter 40 of Isaiah. If you read the whole book, when you get to chapter 40, there there is a change, a very significant change. Uh, This reality has led some expositors to divide the book into two parts, chapters 1 through 39 and then chapters 40 through 66. Some call the second part Deutero-Isaiah or second Isaiah. The first 39 chapters is about condemnation. The last 27 chapters offers consolation. The first 39 chapters focuses on Israel's forgetfulness. The last 27 focuses on God's faithfulness. Chapters 1 through 39 deals with Israel's disobedience. The final chapters deals with God's deliverance. Chapters 1 through 39 highlights a spiritual crisis Chapters 40 through 66 accentuates spiritual comfort. Each of these tributaries that I've just shared with you will ultimately enter into the ocean depths 
of God's magnificent revelation of the messianic servant whose life and death would restore Israel's future hopes. So there's a very decisive shift. I traveled to Atlanta, Georgia recently to encourage a beleaguered colleague and dear friend. He and his family lives in a relatively new subdivision in a suburb approximately 40 miles southeast of Atlanta. As I was driving there, I flew to Nashville and then drove to Atlanta. As I was driving there, I entered the address coordinates into my GPS only to receive the message, no matches found. I tried again. This time I entered the same coordinates, the address, into my iPhone only to be disappointed once again with the message, no matches found. This experience launched a tumult of thought and reflection in my spirit that has ultimately led me to this text. It appears to me that what the prophet Isaiah is reinforcing to a once proud and pompous people is the very hard lesson that they have learned because of their disobedience and their defection from God, the hard lesson that life is teaching them that compared to God, anything in this world, no match is found. Search, if you will, among the vast array of nations or among the elusive idols and distant deities, and you will find there are no matches found. And this is the subject of our message today. No matches found. I really hope when you read Isaiah 40 that you will see that he spends most of this chapter, part of which we read in your hearing today, but he spends most of this chapter making a case to Israel and by extension making a case to us that when it comes to God, when it comes to God as he is revealed in scripture, as God is revealed in his word and ultimately in the incarnation of his son, there are no matches found. And I saw this pattern in the word of God. I had to ask the text a question. In, in what way, in what sense are there no matches found? No match is found. First of all, in chapter 40, Isaiah makes the point that there are no matches found in the magnitude of his counsel. In the magnitude of his counsel, Isaiah reminds the Israelites in verse 8 of the text of this chapter, the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. It's as if the prophet is interrogating the nation of Israel. And I love the message paraphrase of verses 13 through 14. This is what Isaiah said. Who could have told God what to do? 
or taught him his business? What expert would have gone, would he have gone to for advice? What school would he attend to learn justice? What God do you suppose might have taught him what he knows or showed him how things work? I want you to know today there are no matches found in the magnitude of his counsel. In his first epistle to a suffering and beleaguered church, the apostle Peter quoted Isaiah from this text verbatim as he colored his encouragement to the believers who were being scattered by persecution. He said, we've been born of incorruptible seed. And then he goes on because he doesn't want us assume they know what that means. He says, we've been born of the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. There are no matches found. In the magnitude of his counsel. The Bible, even in this increasingly secular culture of ours, is still the number one bestseller. And so the word of God lives and abides forever. There are no matches found in the magnitude of his counsel. But there's also no matches found in the majesty of his creation. As you read these verses in Isaiah, you can almost hear David's words caroling and careening down the corridors of time when he said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech and night unto night show of knowledge. There's no matches found in the majesty of his creation. You know, I'm reading an excellent little book by Philip Yancey, titled Finding God in Unexpected Places. In an excellent chapter that focuses on the majesty of creation, this is what Philip Yancey said. He says, our sun, powerful enough to turn white skin bronze and to coax oxygen from every plant on the earth, ranks fairly low by galactic standards. If the giant star Antares were positioned where our sun is, 93 million miles away, the earth would be inside it. If Antares, which is in our galaxy, was positioned where our sun is, the earth would be inside of it. Antares and our sun represent just two of 500 billion stars that swims around in the vast full-on space of the Milky Way. A dime, yes, it says, held at arm's length would block 15 million stars from our view if our eyes could see with that power. No match is found in the majesty of his creation. In 1886, a Swedish pastor was visiting the southeast coast of his country. He was suddenly called in a midday thunderstorm, lightning flashing, producing all inspiring moments and then the violence was followed by a calm and a brilliant sun. Soon afterwards, he heard the calm chirping birds as they sang their sweet song in the trees. It forced him to lie down, prostrate on the ground. And he penned these words, O oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder 
Consider all the worlds thy hands have made. When I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout this universe displayed how great thou art. How great thou art. There are no matches found in the majesty of his creation. Ask Job about it. <laughs> Torn and tattered and tested by his trial and his suffering, Job sought answers from God and all he got was more questions. This is what God asked Job in chapter 38. He says, have you entered into the storehouse of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail which I reserve for times of trouble? What is the place where the lightning is dispersed? Or where the east winds are scattered over the earth? Who cuts the channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorm? Does the rain have a father? Who fathers the dewdrops? Thou art. I remember being deeply moved a few years ago when I experienced my first cardiac catheterization. I was put at ease significantly. So I lay there and I was awake and I watched the dye flow through the arteries of my heart. And I said to the doctor, I said, man, that's a miracle. What the doctor said to me still haunts me. He ministered to me. He said, yeah, but let me tell you what the miracle is. He says, God designed the blood vessels, and he designed the arteries so there are no nerves inside them. Because if there were nerves inside of them, you couldn't stand the pain. This allows us to do this procedure because God designed the arteries that way. And I wanted to say, how great! How great! How great thou art. There are no matches found in the majesty of his creation, in the magnitude of his counsel, but there's no matches found in the mastery of his competition. In the third instance, Isaiah reminds Israel that no matches are found when competition is laid alongside God. Any would-be competitor to God's sovereignty, to God's supremacy, say, is but a mere pretender. When all else has come and gone, God is still standing. I wish you read it for yourself. You know, nations are described in this chapter as drops in a bucket. And for those of us this morning who may have an exaggerated opinion of ourselves, people are described as just grass. Be here today and you can be gone today. On the other hand, the other source of competition in this era. Idols are described however ornate and appealing they may be. They're described as woods that rot and stones that topple. No idol can effectively capture God's essence or reflect his likeness. In Romans the indictment that Paul makes in that first chapter how men and women professed themselves to be wise, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. 
no match is found. For he masters his competition. All other gods, to use Tim Keller's words, are counterfeit. And if we could fast forward to the end of history, you know what the Bible tells us? Every knee. And every knee's going to bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of lords and King of kings. Money, power, sex, Tim Keller says, are our gods today. But money can't make you happy. All the sexual pleasure in the world can never satisfy you. And success can be seductive, but I know a God. He's able to give us joy and peace and happiness. There are no matches found in the last instance in the measure of his comfort. Not just in the magnitude of his counsel, not just the majesty of his creation, not just in the mastery of his competition, but no matches found in the measure of his comfort. In this chapter, Isaiah talks to the Israelites about how God has been a shepherd to them. And they have been like sheep, wayward sheep in a sheepfold. But God has blessed them and comforted them. And actually, the chapter begins with comfort. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. And it ends with comfort. They that wait, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall mount up on wings as eagles, run and not be weary. Walk and not be tired. There's no matches found in the measure of his comfort because I'm here to tell you, can't nobody do me like the Lord. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Some of you travel, many of you do, and some of you, I'm sure, have used orbits to make travel arrangements. If you're flying you can search for a flight based on price, location, and airline preference. But if the criteria is too specific or if it's too general, the orbit's engine will ask you to enlarge your search. It will ask you to change your search criteria. Some of us need to change our search criteria. You may not have known till you got here today what was really going on, why you're so frustrated, why you're so upset, why you can't sleep at night, why you're always tired. It could be you need to enlarge your search. And I just thought I might help you out a little bit today. If we could just imagine putting in some data that'll help you get to the place where you will find on this earth there are no matches found. I want to help you out a little bit. Why don't you put in, I, I'm looking for someone who's the seed of woman. I'm looking for someone who is my light and my salvation. I'm looking for someone who promised surely goodness and mercy will follow me 
all the days of my, I'm looking for the one who can prepare a table for me in the presence of my, I'm looking for the one Isaiah said, is wonderful counselor, prince of peace, everlasting father, mighty God, I'm looking for the one Ezekiel said is a wheel in the middle of a wheel. I'm looking for the one who was for Jeremiah like fire shut up in his bones. I'm looking for the one who for Jonah was a pursuing presence. I'm looking for the one who for Hosea was suffering love. I'm looking. I'm looking for the one Matthew say is a son of David. I'm looking for the one Mark say is a son of man. I'm looking for the one Luke say is a son of Adam. I'm looking for the one John say is the everlasting word. I'm looking for the one Paul said in Romans He's a just and the justifier. I'm looking for the one who's got the whole world in his hand. I'm looking. I'm telling you, if you expand your search, you'll be able to move off of no matches found. And you'll find one who's able to take care of his children. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.